0: This week on Red Dirt America, I talk with Jesse Dayton about his upcoming show at the historic Kessler Theater, about playing with folks like Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, Rob Zombie, and even playing for a president.
1: You know, doing music with Rob Zombie for his movie, The Re- Devil's Rejects, and then I did another one where I talked about playing uh, the uh, inaugural ball in Washington for the president.
0: Pledge allegiance, pledge
1: allegiance. pledge allegiance.
0: Country music. This is with Chuck
1: Taylor. I want to thank you
0: for taking the time to, uh, to do an interview. It's been a while since we've talked.
1: It has. It has. I'm looking forward to coming back to Dallas and, you know, doing this historical Kessler Theater.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you're going to be playing on Saturday, August 7th and it is such a great venue man this you know there there are concert venues and then there are listening listening rooms and this is definitely a listening room
1: absolutely man i think the first time i played there i was opening up for ray Wally hubbard and uh so now we're headlining and uh Pretty excited. I mean, uh, the pre-sales are doing good. There's still some tickets left. So I would encourage people to go online and get them. It's a Saturday night, August 7th.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, here's here's the thing. You know, concerts are starting to open, open back up again. And I think everybody here in Texas has missed them so much that they're flocking to just about every concert they can get to
1: yeah I mean I don't blame them I'm doing the same thing I mean I've actually gone and seen people you know how it is with musicians we're always out playing we're on the road you know we're like ships in the night yeah and uh, but this has been nice because I've been able to go see a bunch of my friends play and just phenomenal. So let, let's talk about
0: uh, the pandemic just a little bit, because you released a uh, you released an album in the uh, the middle of the pandemic, the uh, the Gulf Coast Sessions. Yeah. So so how is that releasing an album when, you know, uh, you can't really tour to support it?
1: Well, that's why I released that record. I played all the instruments on that record, except for a little uh, accordion, a little fiddle. Uh, But it was something that kind of gave me something to do, and we didn't go at it full force. You know, the record before that had been, like, written up in Rolling Stone like four Four times.
0: Yeah, mixtape volume one.
1: Yeah, and it did really good for us. So I told the label, I said, you know, let's don't, let's don't kill ourselves promoting this because I'm not going to be able to go out and, and uh, you know support it with a tour. So we kind of knew what our expectations were, but oddly enough. <laughs> Because I made that record at a buddy's house on his back porch for $500, <laughs> uh, we did really well with that record.
0: Yeah, if, if you can make a record for $500, <laughs> you, you know, sell it for five ninety nine, dollars $8.99, whatever it is on Amazon, you can make a good chunk of change.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've re- and we really did, you know, uh, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time and we've built up this cult following because we started getting emails for a newsletter like back in 19, Bobbity Boo, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And um, so it did really well for us and a buddy of mine had never engineered Uh, like uh, just one person, he'd always done live stuff, so I just said, hey man, I'll, I'll pay for our food and our beer. And uh, I think it was We ate $500 worth of food and beer <laughs> There you and go that, And that's what it cost to make the record
0: <laughs> Well that's a, a, that's a bargain These days for for an album Definitely So <laughs> anybody who's, who's listening If you have a band This is the way to do an album Just go to your buddy's back porch And, and do it there
1: Absolutely I mean if you look at all the great Early hillbilly and blues mm-hmm. records They were all cut in In houses and offices on two-track recorders. I mean, good songs, it doesn't matter, you know, as long as you got good songs, man.
0: Yeah, I I teach an audio production class, and we we talk about the history of recording. It started out in two tracks with a single microphone, and everybody just gathered around that single microphone. And it wasn't until, like, the the 60s, late 50s, early 60s, that they started adding more microphones and started separating things out.
1: Yeah, yeah, they didn't start doing that till later, and, and... you know, I mean, even the big band stuff had only had like one or two mics and it was all mono. So none of it was stereo. But uh, yeah, man, you can make, you know, I would encourage anyone who's a songwriter who's out there listening just remember all those folk records was one guy and one guitar and they didn't have to split their songwriting share with the drummer or the roadie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, never want to sit
0: split with a roadie for sure.
1: <laughs> so, um, you you brought up
0: when we when we talked uh, about doing this interview, you brought up you've got a couple of irons in the fire right now too.
1: Yeah, I mean, some great stuff happening. Um, you know, I am. Well, I got. I don't know how many people, listeners out there, check me out online, but I'll do these rants from time to time online, and what happened was a friend of mine who was a literary agent in Los Angeles was going to dinner one night with this bigwig editor from New York, Um And he said, you know who I think would make a write a good book is this guy named Jesse Dayton. I follow him on Instagram and Facebook. And she goes, I know Jesse Dayton. And he goes, well, tell him to send me three uh, chapters about whatever he wants to write about. So I sent him three chapters. Um, about me playing guitar for Waylon and meeting Johnny Cash and recording with him and then I did another chapter about um, you know doing music with Rob Zombie for his movie The Devil's Rejects and then I did another one where I talked about playing uh, the uh, inaugural ball in Washington for the president so uh, the guy called me back and said hey do you want a publishing deal? Do you want to write a book? and I was like Absolutely, And it happened right before the pandemic. So I wrote an 82,000-word book during the pandemic. Wow. Um, and uh, the the advance that they gave me kind of helped keep me in the saddle, you know, uh, where I wasn't freaking out about playing shows. And and uh, so it's kind of become this new thing. And the book comes out through Hachette uh, Publishing um, on November 9th. And uh, I'm doing a companion record with it that's going to be songs from all of the people in the book that I write about. So I'll have a song from, you know, Ray Price and Willie Nelson and Ryan Bingham and X and the Super Suckers and Rob Zombie and... And, yeah, there's just a lot going on. A lot of stuff has happened uh, to me while this pandemic thing's happened.
0: Well, you know, I, I follow you on, on Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram and all the places. And, you know, they're right. You're such a great writer. Um, outspoken, yes. And, you know, I I admire uh, the way you, you, you have the but guts, yeah. whatever you want to call it, to, to call it as you see it, to be, you know, and to speak the honest truth. And there's not a lot of people who do that these days, uh, especially w- with us living in the uh, the age of fake news and false information. Uh, sure. You know, you're, you're a truth speaker, and, and I love that about you.
1: Well, I am. I mean, to, to you know, I mean, I always tell the truth as, as much as I can um, when I'm, you know, talking about current events or, you know, whatever it is, sports, politics, music, culture. Um, But, you know, my thing is, is I just, I, I try to follow my own, truth and I try not to feed into these teams because everybody's on a team now and it's really, uh, you know, that's that's what really gets musicians out of sorts is we're all kind of empaths and it hurts our heart to see people that we'd all see at, you know, Hank Jr. or Guns N' Roses show or whatever who would normally would never care about each other's personal beliefs and you know it just it it hurts our heart to go yeah you guys don't agree on this who cares let's you know let's all go drink a beer and see the stones
0: amen Um, i i believe in that 100 percent. you know i could care less what anybody's politics was you know tell me tell me what your favorite beer is you know tell me what your favorite movie is let's let's forget about politics and, and let's just be friends and be human beings
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it it sounds like a kind of uh, apathetic approach. Uh, because you know, you do have to choose sides in life and you do have to stand for something and, and I get all that, but everything has been so hyper politicized. Um, it's just, it's kind of retarded, man. It's just, you know what I mean? It's like, um, it's, and it's, and it's hurting the human experience, which, you know, no matter what religion, what, you know, doesn't matter if you're you know jewish or southern baptist or democrat or republican or black or white or rich or, or poor uh, we're all kind of experiencing the same kind of um head games and and uh, interior human experience you know and absolutely uh, yeah and there, there that should be what it's about
0: definitely 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 let me ask you this jesse Looking back at your life, and you've you've had a multitude of experiences in your life. We've talked about it at length before. What do you consider your greatest achievement?
1: You know, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't think I've done it yet.
0: That's fair. I mean... That's fair.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the people who are still in it and still really working will always give you that answer. And... You know, I've been doing this for a long time, but, you know, this agent in, in Los Angeles told me, he goes, you know, the two guys that I see who still haven't done their great stuff is who are older, and I'm, I'm not as old as Ray Wiley, but he said, Ray Wiley and Jesse Dayton. And that made me feel good because, you know, I'm not living off of the songs that I wrote in the 90s. Right. I'm not, uh, you know, I got this new, I don't know if I told you, but I got this new offer to, to do this series with this amazing company that works with Netflix. So I'm going to be doing this new series, TV series, um, that's basically about vintage motorcycles and cooking oh. and, and music.
0: See, that is perfect for you. I mean, you post pictures of your bikes all the time. And yeah. that, that's just perfect, man. You're the perfect host for something like that
1: yeah so i really i really think you know that there are things that i've done but what am i the most proud of so far uh probably musically playing with waylon jennings was you know it still blows my mind i'll never be able to get my head wrapped around it or playing with johnny cash um you know what else i don't know uh probably getting asked to go to Washington or, you know, making movies or, you know, writing songs for movies that, that helped me, uh, you know, I struggled for a long time, man. I mean, it's hard not being super mainstream or easy to put your, you know, I'm not easy to put into a, uh, you know, marketable ring, if you will. And, uh, so, you know, I ate a lot of top ramen soup and lived in garage apartments and drove beater cars. And, and I did that for a really, really long time. You know, it wasn't till 07 till I did that Rob Zombie movie and really started making, you know, like be able to buy a house and, and uh, buy some cool cars and have some money in the bank and not be freaking out if somebody gets pissed and doesn't like what you say on Facebook or. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, it, 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 it's been it's been—it's a long journey. And to me, it's just, I get up and put on my tool belt every morning, man. And and just, you know, work on music or work on uh, whatever I'm doing. Or work you know? on
0: yourself too. I, I noticed you put a lot of uh, uh, stuff about keeping in shape and keeping healthy. So, I mean, you're, well, you're doing all the work that you need to do, especially uh, somebody who has a job that requires you to be as vigorous as your job does.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, it started off being my own uh, vanity, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, my God, the entire audience has phones. Uh, but but then, you know, you get my age, and guys my age, see, we're the last ones who, who are pre-cell phone and pre-technology. Like, yeah. you know, I'm at that age where I grew up as a kid in the 70s. So, you know, I grew up in Beaumont where we had 20 four hour Cajun DJs. And we had, uh, we had, you know, regional hits that didn't happen in the rest of the country. And, and I grew up eating, you know, hunting and fishing and eating all that stuff. And that's all great and everything. But, you know, if you stop, if you, if you continue to eat and, and drink like you did when you were 25, when you get in your fifties, uh, you're just a walking time bomb. Yeah, that that, yeah. <laughs> that describes me right now. I, I,
0: I yeah. told my wife the other day, we just celebrated our 20th anniversary. And I was like, oh, you know what? Oh. I, I'm, I'm sitting here at Devil Nichols and I am a little bit overweight. Well, a little bit more than I would like to be overweight. I need to start doing something. And every day that I, I say something like that, I look at at some of the stuff you're doing. And I'm like, if, if Jesse can do this stuff, I, c- I can go and do this stuff, too.
1: I, hey, man, I can get if- myself in shape. If I can do it, I swear to God, anyone can. Because I was the most undisciplined person in the world, and uh, but I just went into my doctor's office one day, and he said, "Look, dude, I don't know what you're doing, but your cholesterol's crazy, your blood pressure's crazy, you you know you're overweight." Um, he's like, "You're going to be dead no matter a few years if you keep you know staying up all night and drinking brown liquor and." you know, eating steaks every day. Um, so I just changed my life, man, because I didn't want all those old man drugs to just right. kind of keep me going, you know, to where, you know, you don't have to do anything. So I, I changed that day and I started eating a lot more plant-based stuff. I still eat meat. You can actually do both Chuck, believe, what- it or, believe it or not. You don't, it's not one or the other. Um, and uh yeah man and i started what i did was i went on a i did a fast and I did it for like two weeks and I took a lot of that boozy water weight off. And then I just started like going on hikes and then eventually I would run a mile and walk half a mile and then I would run three and then, and now, you know, it's, it's part of what I do and, you know, I can keep up with the kiddos and, <laughs> and you know what I mean? I don't yeah. I don't look like I'm 50 going on 80, yeah.
0: you know? Yeah, definitely. And that that's where I, I need to be, man. That's that's exactly where I need to be. So uh, I, I look at your Facebook anytime I need inspiration.
1: Well, cool, man. That's great. And, I, you know, I try not – I don't rub it in people's faces, and I don't tell them ever what to eat or whatever. I just tell them, hey, you know, if an old Cajun bow monster can get out there and – change it uh there's anybody can you know so let, let's uh
0: let's let's recap for a minute you uh you you've been writing a book during the pandemic yeah it's done it's done it's done it's it's done uh would you add that onto uh the list of uh, accomplishments that you're most proud of that we were talking about
1: Well, I mean, for me, the actual act of it was super intense, um, and it was a lot of work. Uh, I just had to wake up every morning and write, and luckily I got a really smart editor who makes me come off, uh, you know, more refined than I actually am. Uh, but yeah, I'm proud of it, and 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 I'm you know I'm excited about following up. I might do the next one about uh, for guys my age that are trying to change their health around. They're kind of they're kind of wanting me to to do that. So, well, take my money. Yeah, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I, I'm first uh, in
0: line, brother. Take my money.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. You know, it's. Uh, but, it, you know, there's a lot of good stuff happening. I'm excited to get back to Dallas. You know, we haven't played there in a really long time. And I've had some really amazing special things happen to me in that city. I mean, I, I you know, I've played – with all of the local greats in Dallas, I've played with Reverend Horton Heat and mm. Edie Brickell and of course the old '97s. Me and Rhett Miller and all those guys are friends since we were kids, and so I've had a long history in in of playing in Dallas. And uh, we're excited about this show on on August seventh.
0: Yeah, we're we're excited about it too, man. Because n- not only are, are are you a good front man, you're you're one of the best damn guitar players in Texas music.
1: Well, thanks, man. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I I spent a lot of you know that ten thousand hours. I think I spent a hundred thousand hours. You know, sitting around my parents' house playing the guitar. So um you know that's where it all comes from you know there's 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 luck involved but it's mostly you know a lot of just turning and burning man turning and burning i like that phrase i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna steal that (laughs) do it (laughs) so what what is your uh, jesse what's your guilty pleasure well my guilty pleasure is irish whiskey yeah yeah, I love Irish. You know, I drank hillbilly whiskey forever, and then you know, I drank uh, all all Kentucky uh, whiskey, and I loved Blantons, and I loved you know, I mean, all the all the small batch stuff. And then we did our family, uh, you know, genealogy, and I found out I had a bunch of Irish people in my family, and I only had one uh, Cajun. Uh, Great grandmother and everybody else were mix, and uh, my brother said, "Hey man, you need to step up and (laughs) and 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 drink the real stuff." So you know, uh, yeah, I would say that you know, Irish whiskey is probably my guilty pleasure, and uh, and Mexican food, you know.
0: All right, Irish whiskey and Mexican food, Uh, multicultural Jesse Dayton.
1: I'm all American, baby. (laughs) So, again, you're
0: going to be playing Over the Kessler on Saturday night, August sec- uh, 7th. And, and I have one last question to close out the interview. Sure, man. What song changed your life?
1: What song changed my life? Yeah. Well, I, you know what I think it is? Is I think it was... I think it was Red-Headed Stranger, and I'll tell you why. Why? Uh, because when I was a kid um, you know, when I was a little kid, my grandparents and my parents all listened to Willie Nelson when he had short hair and he had a turtleneck and long before he came this kind of outlaw, you know, country guy who was playing at big rock and roll festivals with the almonds and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, then we went to Colorado one year on vacation to get out of the devil's armpit called Texas in the summertime. <laughs> and uh you know like all good Texans we go up to the mountains and and uh my dad put in this uh eight track of Red-Headed Stranger by Willie Nelson. And I was like, is this the same guy that my grandparents like? Because and I was just you know I was probably like eight or nine, and and they're like yeah this is Willie Nelson and I was like wow he looks like he didn't look like a country star you know he looked right. like he he looked like he played in the Almonds or ZZ Top or Charlie Daniels or one of those Southern rock bands and uh, and I think that record really brought me back to the country that, you know, I was force fed as a child and was trying to get away from, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and then I was just like, you know, it was, I've been a Willie Nelson. I've seen Willie Nelson more than I've seen anybody and, uh, I've seen the stones 23 times. So wow. I've, seen, I've seen Willie Nelson probably double that and opened up for him, um, 11 times
0: fantastic wow
1: yeah 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 (laughs) but yeah willie nelson uh redheaded stranger that record definitely changed my life
0: jesse dayton thank you for the time thanks brother appreciate you red dirt america is my full-length interviews with some of my favorite texas red dirt and americana artists if you like what you've heard like us and subscribe to us and come back for more every week it's the red dirt america podcast Find it wherever you find great podcasts.